Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. It's the Ray Appleton Podcast from KMJ and KMJNow.com. It seems that when somebody asks a particular question about what I do in my private life to have fun, a lot of you pick up on the same vibe, and we go through a cycle of people asking that question, are you playing much? And I got asked last night, I was at a restaurant picking up some fabulous Mediterranean food. Great little restaurant called Kebab City. I love their food. Um, and people ask me there, they recognize me. Are you, are you playing? Are you playing? And that she's, you know, I mean, it, we, we play like once or twice a year and that's about it. But there's one I'm dying to tell you about, but it just hasn't been confirmed yet. We have been asked, we, my guys, the Appletones, Mark Capitan, you know very well. He's one of the guitarists. Brother John is with us um, to open. We've been invited to open for a very d- large group, <laughs> and we're just getting the, waiting for the confirmation from the promoter. Which it, there shouldn't be. Uh, I would think that big of a deal, since the group says we want them there. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. And as soon as I can lay it on you, I will. But hopefully, something big, fun for all of us is coming soon, and I'll be able to attempt to attain you in the group of the, the quintet of aging gray rockers. <laughs> well, not all of them, but uh, most of them. So, yeah, that's yeah, soon. Maybe I can say something. There's a, there's a couple of things coming up, and they're very close to each other, two gigs. And I just got to dial everything in and clear it, you know, with all. It's a democracy. You know, I don't make the decisions on where we're going to play. I mean, we, we collectively make it where we're going to play. And we defer a lot to uh, John Capitan, who uh, has been at it longer than any of us, to say, is this you know a good gig? Is this a bad gig? Whatever. Um, but uh, both of them are excellent. And one is with a particularly large group that probably 90% of you know. And uh, they've reached out to us and said, that'd be fun. Let's do this again. So, yeah, just waiting to get clearance from the promoter. That's it. Something you all are going to participate in is the 100th anniversary of KMJ, the documentary. It's done. I've seen bits and pieces, not all of it. What I've seen has been, it's so good, meaning it's done spectacularly well. It's going to be on Valley PBS, March 30th, 7 o'clock. We're going to have a big old party somewhere. You know what I mean? Find some some restaurant or something with big screen TVs and like a Michael's nodding his head. Yeah, you want to go to Crow Daddy's and do it down there? <laughs> you, that, you win on that one, huh? I love their food. Everybody loves their food. Um, it would just be neat if we had a, but I mean, it's easier if you just watch it in your own home. <laughs> I totally agree. You don't have to go anywhere, but just, it, it, I just want people to see this. I'm very proud to work for an organization that's lasted 100 years. I'm very proud I've been a part of that organization for a third of it. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, Valley PBS, March 13th, March 30th, not 13th, 7 o'clock. Got to see it. 
Daily Buzz question. And if daily, slow down, Ray. The Daily Buzz question. After learning the pharmacy does not sell the abortion pill in some states, California will end its $54 million contract with Walgreens. A good move or a bad move? I mentioned this the other day, you know, uh, Gavin Newsom playing political with, with companies on the private side, not government companies, but privately held companies. Well, publicly, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, let us know. KMJNow.com. What you think about that? Good move or a bad move? And the Buzz Question is sponsored by the Buzz Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Centers. So there. Now, want to have a little bit of fun? The Gen Z Dictionary <laughs> probably shows a larger generational divide than ever. Generation Z. For example, are you somebody's sneaky link? Or ODP? You have no idea what that means? (laughs) Dating as you get older is hard. Trying to understand the younger generation on a dating app, harder. Tinder, that's a sneaky place, has released a dating dictionary to help millennials understand what Gen Z love interests are trying to say. And it might even show a larger generational divide than ever. I mean, those of us that are baby boomers that are still alive, we're probably going to get any of this. Tinder research shows that 62% of people ages 18 to 25 feel they speak a completely different language compared to older singles that they meet online. While most people date in their generation, as millennials have gotten older and married and and, and those who are still single, I mean, they look at some of them at the younger generation to find love. And while the dictionary includes some well-known millennial coined terms such as catfishing and vibe, the Tinder dictionary outlines new phrases and even some new types of re- relationships that Gen Z has made up. One being a situationship. <laughs> I'm in a situationship which is described as a romantic juncture that hovers somewhere between a steady relationship and an affair or a friendship and remains undefined throughout. What? A situationship. It's described as a romantic juncture that hovers somewhere between a steady relationship and an affair or a friendship friendship that remains undefined throughout. Many of the definitions about relationships were described as noncommittal, as a hookup, the hookup culture. And it sort of seems to be growing and, and more widely accepted than ever before. So like you were back in the 60s again, you're talking about hookups. People are now cushioning, cushioning, or having many people on the side if their main relationship doesn't pan out. <laughs> That's cushioning. Ah. Oh my God, that's horrible. I'm I'm glad I'm not there and having to speak to these people in a language that they say they don't understand, huh? So they a Tinder again has released this Gen Z dictionary to help other generations, such as my old generation, understand these younger love interests type with their language, you know. Uh Gen Z seems to be kind of coin conscious generation and some unfamiliar terms about saving money. F4 dating, 
Affordating and frugal flirting, flirting refers to affordable dates, such as going on walks for coffee. Affordating, frugal flirting. I can't even say that. Frugal flirting. Say that 10 times in a row. Frugal flirting. There are some other unknowns. Kitten fishing. Wherein a date makes themselves out to be better than they are online. Not necessarily in looks, but in job and lifestyle. Don't we have a certain assemblyman who does that? <laughs> Mentioned no names. Or is he a state senator? I can't remember. Yeah, he's local. Uh, another is beige flags. Beige flags. In which someone is incompatible because they seem boring or basic. They're waving their beige flag. <laughs> yeah, the example is given up. I've got immediate beige flags when her bio said, live, laugh, and love. <laughs> Many of the terms focus on sexual preferences, such as gender ideology, such as transgender, queer, non-binary, pansexual, po- po- what's polymor- poly- polymor- P-O-L-Y-A-M-O-R-Y. And then ethical, jeez, I can't even say these. Notably, many of these terms have to do with wanting to be, you know, environmentally friendly, showing Gen Z values, you know, through climate change as, you know, a high priority, echo dating. That refers to dumping somebody who thinks that climate change, oh, echo dumping, I read that wrong. Echo dumping refers to dumping somebody who thinks that climate change is a fake. <laughs> Green dating is when you specifically date somebody who shares your values about the environment. So there you go. You've, you've learned something on the Appleton program today about uh, the Gen Z dictionary. Now, okay, wait a minute. Transgender, queer, non-binary, pansexual, polymory, polymory, P-O-L-Y-A-M-O-R-Y. I don't know what that is. And ethical non-monogamy. What is ethical non-monogamy? I have no clue. I do know that I have to go to a commercial break, and that's what I'm doing right now. On News Talk 580-1059, KMJ. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The Ray Appleton Podcast. It's free. KMJnow.com. Phone calls about what I was just talking about, the Gen Z Dictionary, really. Kalila, what a great name. Hello there. Hi, Ray. Hi. Big fan of the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Well, I just wanted to chime in and let you know what um, polyamory is. Yeah, I know I butchered it when I said it, but what what is it? (laughs) Um, and I don't, you know, this isn't anything, you know, it's not my preference. I enjoy monogamy, but polyamory, it's kind of like diet polygamy <laughs> where it, <laughs> it's people um, that have many relationships that have like um, 
solid relationships with more than one person. So it's a person dating other people, but they everyone knows about it. So it's like out in the open. It's not, you know, it's not hidden stuff. It's not in the shadows. Right. Right. Everyone knows about it. Like, oh, this is, you know, boyfriend one and boyfriend two and whatever it might be. And, you know, everyone knows about everyone else. Okay. (laughs) That to me would be like juggling (laughs) chainsaws, you know? I mean, that would not be fun. Right. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I'm I'm built for comfort, not speed. So just one for me. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Tell that to my three (laughs) ex-wives. Not the poster child for marriage. Thanks for calling. Kalila. a cool name? Hey, I tried in all three of them. <laughs> tried like hell. Um, nine boxes of documents have been taken from Biden's attorney's office in Boston. What does it mean? The National Archives uh, testified to Congress that they obtained these boxes, and it didn't really go over that well with the attorney or the commander-in-chief, was a letter sent to a pair of Republican senators this week reportedly divulging some new details about an inquiry into Biden's handling of government docs, specifically about Patrick Moore, the attorney identified as the one who initially found the classified materials while packing up the president's former think tank office in early November. If I may quote, When the NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration, contacted President Biden's personal counsel on November the 3rd, 2022, to arrange pickup of boxes from the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C., they informed NARA that Mr. Moore had moved other boxes from Penn Biden Center to Mr. Moore's law office in Boston. Ooh. Acting archivist of the United States, uh, Deborah Steinel Wall, she wrote that in the letter dated Thursday. So this was stuff that they thought, I guess, was coming to them, and he moved it to his office? Wall divulged that the National Archives was informed Biden's counsel began their review of the materials in the Penn-Biden Center in October of 2022, earlier than previously known, and then had moved the boxes uh, to Boston at some point afterwards. All right, so where's this all going? A little hard to sort out. Quote, the NARA staff retrieved nine boxes from Mr. Moore's Boston office at the request of the Justice Department, uh-oh, on November the 9th. And the boxes were secured in the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library in Boston. It's not clear whether there's any uh, classified material in these boxes, as Wall noted in the uh, that her agency has not reviewed the contents of the boxes that were found in Mr. Moore's Boston office. But there sure seems to be a lot of um, energy being expended to get these boxes. The letter is addressed to Senator Chuck Grassley, uh, a Republican, and uh, Ron Johnson from uh, another Republican, who have written to Wall seeking more information about the discovery of these documents marked classified dating back to Biden's time as the vice president and U.S. senator in multiple locations. And again, when we go back to those periods of time when he was a senator and he was a sitting vice president, there is a a very limited um, 
list, I guess I can say list, of the type of document that he can secure as that individual, as a vice president and as a senator. When you're president, that's a different deal. But a lot of these documents that he had secured while he was Obama's vice president were things technically that he should not have been allowed to have. So the document controversy goes back to early November when Biden's attorneys found about, about 10 records marked classified while clearing out Biden's office and, you know, Penn Biden Center, according to the legal team. However, the discovery was not revealed to the public until CBS News broke the story of an inquiry by the U.S. attorney, John Lausch. And after the revelation, Biden said his team immediately contacted the National Archives to turn over the material following the initial review by Lausch. The Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special U.S. Attorney Robert Herr to, as a special counsel to examine whether any other person or entity had violated the law in connection with the matter. Moore spoke with a team led by Lausch during the initial review of the president's handling of the documents, according to sources on CNN. And a Freedom of Information uh, Act request revealed the emails showing Moore in contact with the National Archives about picking up the boxes of materials from his office on November 9th. However, the number of boxes were not clear at that time. So, again, I just want to stress there's nothing here to indicate that this is like classified stuff. But at the same time, there was a great deal of, you know, energy expended to get this stuff. You know, the FBI searches for the documents have taken place in Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, his beach house in Delaware, at the Penn Biden Center, a think tank located in Washington, D.C. And they've turned up more materials of, of interest in the investigation. Biden's personal attorneys and, and the White House um, assistant attorneys have assisted throughout the process, and they say that they're cooperating with the National Archives and the Justice Department. Yeah, but what's going on? There's a lot of description here about what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, but not why and what is it. You know, we, we all, and every time there's a story about Biden maybe having documents again, there's always that footnote, whereas classified documents have also been found in the former home, I mean, excuse me, the former president, uh, Donald Trump, who is facing an investigation by separate counsel, and the former vice president, Mike Pence, you know, prompting the National Archives to call on former presidents and vice presidents to check for such materials. Always have to bring that up. Senator Mark Warner, chairman of the Senate Intel Committee, he warned U.S. intelligence community leaders on Wednesday, yesterday, that a lack of transparency to Congress about the documents might jeopardize the Biden administration's efforts to renew the surveillance law this year. You talk about that for a while. Quote, the trust relationship has to go two ways. <laughs> Good point. The Ray Appleton Podcast, right now. KMJnow.com. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to this gentleman, the master thespian, Dan Pisano, about uh, Andre McDonald coming back to honor the old organization in June and a big get-together at the Warner's Theater, and we can talk about that again a little bit, too. But Dan returns now to talk about some current stuff going on with a good company players. And it's just kind of nice to, to you know, re- renew this, this, 
this relationship with this venerated, wonderful organization in the Tower District. And Dan returns now on KMJ. Dan, how are you, sir? Hey, Ray. Thank you very much for being venerated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure I've I know what the I don't even sure what the, the word means, but anytime they talk I, about I have a feeling <laughs> somebody old and important, it's like venerated, you know, and, and I'm in that oh, class too, believe me. So yeah. how are you know, getting together for the uh, the the thing that Audra's doing in the spring, I imagine that's probably sold out or close to it by now, isn't it? I think we're on our last uh, two hundred tickets wow. uh, uh balcony tickets we we knew it would and we've kind of just gone one foot in front of the other rather than uh blitzkrieg it and i i think it's going to be a great great event and what a gift i mean she is a gift in the first place but it is a gift uh to our organization and to the community and you know she is something special. That uh, is going to be a great event. If you get down to a handful of 200, I better get mine in a hurry or I'm going to be left out. I, I definitely want to be there for that. You know, it, it, it's amazing well, that, that she is like the biggest thing, you know, in terms of the, the, the musical stage, you know, et cetera, television, acting, all of that. Yet she is one that stays close to her roots in Fresno. That says a lot about her. I, I think it, it may not even just be Fresno. Uh, one of the things I think I had spoken to you about, if if you ever go anywhere in the early days when I would visit her back there, you know, anybody that she ran into, she remembered where, when, and how. And I think that speaks to just uh, an openness and a quality that you don't run into very much. And I don't think you're, run into it in the business very often. I think a lot of times people work with the same five people they ever want to work with because they, they get along and they can count on them, but they don't get out of the sphere. Whereas Udra has not only done live theater and recording and television and movies. And I'll just bet you, she knows every one of those people by name and maybe even by family connection. (laughs) So that's just great. Great. Yeah. You've got a new production that's just fired up down in the Tower, Dixon. What, what is the name of it? Yeah. Well, we got two things going. So this is really great timing uh, to be venerated. I have <laughs> to say. Uh, uh, Kalamazoo yep. is at the second space. And it's a, a special show because I think it speaks to what happens when you get a little bit over the hill. These are two 70 year olds that go on a dating, uh, one of those dating websites to see if they can match up. Each is still in love with the spouse that they just lost not long ago. And both families are pushing hard to get them back out there and do that. And so they do, they, they get together in this, this, it's just two people played without intermission and wow. you take you through those events that happen and they finally meet, uh, go to a Mexican restaurant and after the Margarita Diablo, they end up in, <laughs> could have been, uh, I don't know, Marriott or someplace. 
and uh, can't remember what the hell happened. So <laughs> it, it, you know, the thing is, we laugh to kind of, when things are real, you laugh sometimes to even cover the pain. So there's a little bit of both things going on in this show. And two remarkable performers in Noel Adams and Amelia Ryan and uh, Kristen Lynn Crace, the director. Uh, they, they've taken particular love to this. So it's just two people in the whole production, yeah. no intermission. That takes, that, that takes some spine. I mean, wow. They've got to have their stuff together. Yeah, you find out quickly when it's quiet that it's either your turn or someone else's. <laughs> There's no question that it's one of the two of you. So uh, I, I'm proud of them and proud of the show. And the other thing I wanted to say that we're we're closing Singing in the Rain this Sunday, and it's been wonderful, but Neil Simon, who I am a particular fan of, has written a lot of scripts, but we're going to do rumors at Roger Rockas, and it's a, a real top laugh getter. And I think both shows do something for us at a time when laughter has got to be there. Just get together with a group of people and go and laugh and see if you don't feel better. When, when is and, rumors going uh, to open? Rumors opens uh, uh, a week from tonight. All right. As a matter of fact. So, and how long uh, will Kalamazoo run at the second space? Kalamazoo goes through February 19th, I believe. So you have uh, some a little bit of uh, February 19th, did I say? Yeah, not February. You mean February. March. March 19th, yeah. Yeah. And Rumors has a nice long run. That goes uh, into uh, April. What, what so. It- when it comes to picking out a production to do, what's the process? Who gets to play God and pick that out, or is it done by a group or a committee, or how does that work? I, I think it's organized stupidity sometimes, <laughs> because, and not so organized. You know, uh, we're uh, kind of down on the food chain, so the first thing that happens is uh, if a show that you would like to do is on tour or has uh, sometimes even a national tour coming, it's restricted. And uh, so one of the first things we have to ask is, uh, can we get it? Can we get the rights to the show for the length of time we're doing it? And even though the show may come through Fresno for two nights, they could tie up an entire year. So when we're looking for shows, maybe the first thing we want to do is look for something new uh, or something maybe that appeals to a specific part of our audience. For me, I, I want something in general that's got good roles for young people. We're very fortunate. to We waited a year and a half to get the BB gun Christmas story, and it finally came available, so we put it on our season. For me, it was not only that I love the story and I have my own BB gun, <laughs> it is that there are wonderful roles for kids. Oh, yeah, and especially that one. That's the future. That's the farm system yeah, right there. I, I, I can understand that. Uh, we're talking with Dan Pisano, Good Company Flares. Um, well, I tell you what, let's take a commercial break. 
and then we'll come back and talk to Dan a little bit more about both of these productions. We'll talk about Audra's appearance in the spring and and just, I mean, all the good stuff they've been doing for so long. So everybody stay put. Me and Dan and you will all return after we make some money. Yeah, this is KMJ. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Right now, the Valley's legendary Ray Appleton. The Ray Appleton Podcast, KMJNow.com. We are talking again with Dan Pisano from the Good Company Players and a couple of productions, one of the Second Space, the other at Roger Rockas. And we talked about the selection process of the productions. Dan, how often are you involved with the directing or even, do you, you still do any acting? Well, uh, I act like I know when the show runs because I just gave you the wrong date uh, for Kalamazoo runs through April 16th. Okay, and there we go. Rumors through May 7th. So I act like I know something, but uh, I'm just finishing directing Singing in the Rain, and I was able to do it uh, as a co director with my daughter. Oh, cool. It was a great experience. And um, I don't know about performing because we have really good people and i i'm i may be around the bend i don't know <laughs> but uh the selection process is for all of us our staff i have a terrific staff with uh, scenic artists uh, david pierce and ginger lewis reed and laurie pisano and emily pisano and we all sit around and try to figure it out and we guess and we try to match up with our audience. I guess that is the thing that we've done since 1973 is try to find an audience and uh, try to make them feel secure with what we do. Well, I think you've been doing it right because you've been doing, hitting that mark. You've been doing, hitting that mark for quite some time now. I mean, when you began this whole thing, did you ever think it would last this long? No, I I was not sure about the next 10 minutes. I, I, it's a cliche, but I, I really have no perspective of 50 years because it's always the next thing. There, we're still looking through the windshield. There's no rearview mirror as such right now. This has kind of forced us to look back and say, you know, okay, that's a date, but no, we were really always performance-driven. The wonderful thing about it is when you start a show, your goal is to finish the show and do the very best job you can during that show. And then you go do your homework. Yeah. And then you come back and do it again. And I think even the pros are like that. They have a, well, especially like that. Cause they have a, a schedule and they don't, think so far ahead that they ever leave what they're doing right then. Let's get some particulars because I have to wrap this up in about three or four minutes. Yeah. How do we get okay, tickets I'll... for uh, Kalamazoo? 
Well, our box office is at Roger Rockers and uh, the second space box office. You can serve by 266-9494 and that'll get you both things done. And uh, I I really appreciate it. I hope people get to see it. Laughing is good. Yeah, the the subject matter of Kalamazoo with the two two person cast that you know, with no intermission that that in itself is very intriguing, very intriguing. And uh, yeah, and it's good for attention span too. Not doesn't help concessions, but it's really good for <laughs> attention span because just over an hour and. Uh, I think a really fun atmosphere in the second space. You know, you're really close to the action. You're really right oh, I there with the- I've I haven't been there in years, but that was one of my favorites because you're right on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we we can see you as an audience just as you can see us. <laughs> and and we get a little a little bit of that sidebar coaching sometimes. <laughs> and when does rumors with- begin at Roger Rockas? Rumors starts uh, March 16th through okay. May 7th, and uh, I think I can guarantee laughter. Good. We need it. And then, of course, Audra's performance. What's the date? That's June that's, at the uh, Warner Theater. Yeah, that, that is June 25th, and it's a matinee. It's uh, a 2 o'clock matinee, and uh, looking forward to that, and... You know, I just want to say thank you to you. Thanks a lot for my pleasure. Thanks to you. We kind of keep our head down and just do that, and we don't know whether people notice or not. So, well, I mean, you thank you for doing this for so many years now. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's great, and I I wish you many many more. I mean, it's 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 a little gem that you know. A lot of people tend to forget about it from time to time, which is unfortunate. It's like somebody said the other day, it's just like, you know, the, the, the good company player is like an old diamond. you got to get them out and get it cleaned once in a while and look at it and let it radiate. And I said, well, it should radiate all the time because they're, they're busy all the time. And, and, you know, perhaps we can help a little bit with that. And I think, I think it's a well, good thing. We need it. I like the idea of rubbing the diamond. <laughs> <laughs> and venerating. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> all right, Dan. We'll talk to you down the Thank road, you. my friend. Thanks for joining us, all right? Okay. All right. Thank you. Ray. All right. Bye-bye. Dan Pisano, master thespian on KMJ for uh, many years, the mastermind between the good company players, like for every year they've been in existence. Um, I remember when they started it, <laughs> way back in the 70s. And I thought, well, I hope they'd have a nice run for a year or two. And boom. <laughs> I mean, here, what, 50-some-odd years later or whatever it's been? Can't even do the math in my head. And the uh, the Andre McDonald thing, I mean, that's just going to be fabulous. I was the uh, the MC for the last time she was here at the Warner's Theater. When What was that, the 25th anniversary, perhaps? Because it seems like it was that long ago. And uh, this one is just like, there's nobody on stage. It's just her. Boom, out she walks, pianist, off they go. I mean, that's a great format. Just get right to it. And I like the idea of it being a matinee. That's nice. That's nice. And it's great that she does that. I mean, again, I, I got to you know, pat her on the back for coming back to the home turf when I, I'm sure there are many in her position that just kind of like, like Dan said, stay hanging around with the same four or five people because they can depend on that. And But... Uh, you know, she's from this area and she treats it well. And this is, this is the, the vehicle that launched her 
to the unbelievable ranks of stardom that she's had. I mean, is there anybody bigger in the musical stage? I mean, I don't think so. It's and to have that, you know, is our credit here in good old Fresno, California, USA Earth. That's just a, a wonderful thing. That production, Kalamazoo, that sounds like a hoot. You have to check that one out too. They go to a hotel and they can't remember really what happened. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. I don't. Hour number three coming up in the next hour. We're going to get just right at the top of the hour. We're going to get serious about what's to come. And I'm talking about the storms. We will explain just after one o'clock. Stay here. This is important on KMJ. It's the Ray Appleton podcast from KMJ and KMJnow.com. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 